You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of the Triple Name Sports Show, Campus Edition. I'm Aaron Lynch-Kelly. Joining me each and every week is none other than... Your jack-of-all-trades, El Jefe Loco. And uh, we're coming to you live from the beautiful campus of West Virginia State University here in Institute, West Virginia. Uh, it's a great day. It's an even better day because football is right around the corner. Um, Football's already started. But well, I mean, the foot, state football game is right around the corner. Yeah, the we home, got the home, the home opener. Yeah. yeah. We've got, um, you know, we got a game... On Saturday, and then we're going to be, you know, the first game of the season at home, looking to uh, to kick things off right here in the for the home fans. Um, going on right into the show, we're going to go into the West Virginia State University news. Uh, first things first, big story: um, WVSU football snapped a five-game losing streak against Fairmont State University as Coach John Anderson picks up his first career victory over Fairmont State University, and that happened last Thursday as uh, West Virginia State won. E- fairly easily, 59-34. That score makes it look a lot closer than it actually was. Yeah, that, that's because they started putting in their second and third string and, you know, giving them some playing time in the and, final minutes of the game. Oh, uh, And they also, you know, they they went to the running game and, I mean, it worked. The running game, yeah. they scored five touchdowns on the ground, so you see why. But also with a good running game, you're able to chew up the clock, and that's what State did to ensure the victory. Um, football Players of the Week, it was announced by Coach John Anderson. Uh, offensively, you have... Tyrone Barber, he's the freshman phenom running back. Uh, and then the offensive line, Chase Henderson. And then we got defensive. We got linebacker Mitchell Rowe, Mitch Rowe, and defensive lineman Devin Bollinger. Special teams, uh, the kicking kicking guru, Anthony Herrera. And futures defense, linebacker Tyreek Etheridge. And futures offense, Jake Martin. He's a wide receiver as well. Um, and like I said, those came from the, the coaching staff. I don't know necessarily if I would change the players of the week. No. Um, you know, Tyrone Barber looked great. Especially as a freshman. Yeah, freshman, 11 carries, 103 yards, three rushing touchdowns. And, I mean, he was explosive. Once he hit that open hole, there was he was off to the races. Yeah, he, he, he was one of those guys that if you give him an, if you give him an inch, he's going to give you a mile. Oh, yeah, he you, you definitely – and I – I wonder how Urbana is going to, you know, game plan for that. Because, you know, they, they do know, I mean, you can't hide the fact that already now we have five rushing touchdowns on the season, and that's all we had last year. And that's just through game one. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a totally different offense here in West Virginia State. And um, I, 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 would, I, I would like to give a shout-out to the offensive coordinator, Coach Pennington. Oh, yeah. Because he's done a tremendous job with this offense – Show it, it's it's totally different. Okay, mm-hmm. we was sitting there in the booth and we was like, "This is awesome. This is does not look like the same team. It, it they they're they're moving on. They're getting successful. They're as to what Coach Anderson said. They're not they're not little kids anymore. They're adolescents. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know uh, to you know add on to what you said. You know, Coach Pennington, he he is known for a high up tempo offense, but also. Um, in his pedigree, he also has the ability to coach the players to where they also 
can slow down and chew up the clock, and, and they showed a good mix of that in, yeah. in this last week's game. And to be honest, you know, they're playing another team this week in Urbana University. Um, they just lost last week to Glenville State 49 to nothing. Um, they gave up a ton of yards. Their new coach, Lotta, they had to make a quarterback change as Kel Birdie Shaw went down. Um, not sure if he's going to be playing in this game or not. I know he's not listed on the depth chart uh, for the two deep. And then, you you know, you've got a, their quarterback as a converted wide receiver to quarterback. Not saying anything against uh, Eric Pelfrey, but, you know, it's it's definitely a little different when your second game of the year is your only your second game as a quarterback, too. Yeah. So it, it'll be um, – I don't want to take anything away from Urbana, but I think this is if West Virginia State comes in and they play like play like they did against Fairmont State, um, come out play with high intensity. You know, it's the home opener. There's going to be lots of lots of fans at the uh, at the field, and you know, this is the first chance for the team to go two and zero since um, the 08 season, I do believe, is when that happened. And the last time they did that, they ended up being nationally ranked that season. Yeah. So you know. Maybe the third time's the charm, and third season's what all West, all um, Coach John Anderson needed. You know, he needed to get his players through his system and, and get them to buy into the system. And you know, the sky's the limit right now if if they continue to play like they did against Fairmont State. Oh yeah, it, it was. It was. They they came out there. They was explosive. They had a lot of intensity to them. They was. It was just. It, it looked like a whole new team. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it did. It looked like. It looked like Anderson just went to Walmart and just picked up a whole new team and was like, here. But it's the same guys. Mm-hmm. For, and, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, for the most part, it's the same guys. But there's there's been a lot of changes to this team and a lot of tweaking over the summer. They, hands off to the coaches. They have really worked hard to the players, you know, just just getting ready for the season. And they've shown this season, season over that they are ready. Well, think about the guys that have been here since Coach Anderson got here. You know, his freshman class. They're now either sophomores or juniors going into their seasons. Yeah. And so these guys are hungry. These guys are a, a hungry team. They've got a good, young, talented nucleus with Kinnick and the, the running back by committee with Tyrone Barber, Tevin Brown, and Kelvin Barrett. You know, they've got three solid backs, and that's not um, to take away from last year's roster or anything like that. But, you know, the running backs just greatly impressed because, you know, not only did with the departure of Coach Powell – you know, mm-hmm. we we were worried um, that that would weaken the offensive line because you know his expertise was offensive line, and he played in the NFL and he had that pedigree. Um, and then also, you know, you lose two seniors like Ricardo Figueroa and Oscar Carbajal, and it's just, you know, it, the the offensive line seemed to play uh, with with a higher motor and a bigger intensity. And guys like Zach Alvarez, you know, stepped up, and you know, you can tell that they are the good seniors that are on the team. Um, and, and that's what this team needs. They need to make sure they can protect Kinnick and oh, give him time to uh, to hold on to the ball and to get get rid of it to his playmakers like Quentin Gray, Keel Washington, uh, Tim Canaday, like that. So, uh, again, you know, hats off to Coach John Pennington, Coach Anderson for bringing Pennington back to Institute, and just the whole coaching staff, like you said. Yeah, and, you know, you also you can't take away – from the way the defense played also. Oh, yeah. Especially the defensive backs. Call, I mean, I love the name that they gave themselves, ATC, Air Traffic Control. It it it, it, it brings them down to a T. It, show, it, it basically describes them. Yeah. And, you know, guys that have moved on, you know, last year they were without Romel Haley because he moved up to the Division One level. This year, Kevin Coffey moved up to the Division One level. And, and, you know, not not holding anything against those guys. That's great. 
you know, if you've got that opportunity to, to advance your, you know, your career set by going up to D1 level, awesome. But the guys that are still here, they, they are, they are, you know, ballers, I guess for lack of a better term. Yeah. They, like you said, they took on that moniker ATC and, you know, Fabian Guerrero had the play of the year last year, the nice one-handed catch. And to be honest, I was worried about him in that Fairmont State game. Yeah. I was worried that he was going to, you know, exploit the, you know, the, the secondary because I was, you know, a little worrisome about the, the unit. But um, those worries are put to bed. Yeah. You know, they went up against a good quarterback in Cooper Hibbs, uh, a great wide receiver in Fabian Guerrero. And, yes, Guerrero did get, I think he caught, like, five catches for, like, 100 and some yards in one TD. But um, it didn't even feel like he, he did anything in the game, Yeah, to be honest. You know, they, they let him get his numbers, but they also, at the same time, they they limited him to, to what he was able to do. And so, you know, again, and the, also the rest of the defense is able to get. Well, yeah, you know, you got also think. They they got to the quarterback five times in that game, they, and it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, and as as a a former defensive lineman, I love that. I love when defenses get to the quarterback because that was my thing. You know that that's pretty much any any well defensive lineman, defensive player. Thanks for their you, dream. It is <laughs> you know it's it is a defensive versus touchdown if you can get to that quarterback and if you can get to him five times. That's that's like five touchdowns to you. Well, they not only did they sack the quarterback five times, they put a lot of pressure on him. They got two safeties and almost got a third. They blocked a punt for a safety. They blocked a PAT that they ran back for a for a score. for the score. So you know they were they were young and hungry and played with a lot of intensity. And Nick Benedetto, Coach Jackson, you know all those guys over there on the defensive side were not to be outdone on that day either. No. As they, you know, they held, they almost pitched a shutout through the first half of play as they, they did allow Fairmont State to score with, like, in the final seconds of the second quarter. But, I mean, they, they played really well and brought the intensity and brought the hunger, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact they were able to rest their guys. They yeah. weren't, you know, the offense was get was sustaining drives. They weren't, you know, bogging down in three and outs and putting the defense in bad situations. They put the defense on the field in good positions to go out there and do their jobs, and that's what they did. And, you know, just... Again, just a great way to start the season underneath the lights up in Fairmont State. Um, I made the comment to you earlier in the week when we were up there. I had never heard a stadium that quiet. Yeah. And I've I've played on some. And, and it wasn't like there wasn't a lot of people there. Oh, yeah. No, there was a lot of fans there. A lot of fans. And, you know. And uh, also, shout out to the WBSU fans. Exactly. Can... That's what I was going to say. You know, there was a, a great contingency of fans there. Uh, President Hemphill came out. Um, and an alumni and a W member and a ex-coach for West Virginia State and Ori Banks was there and his wife and there was you know just a lot of lot of support for for our university up there and you know again like like El Jefe Loco said just just kudos to you guys um I'm sure that made a huge difference to this team, you know, knowing that they had the support on the road yeah, from yeah. you guys. Yeah, and and it's know, not a short drive either. No, 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 no. That's like a it, it was a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, for it's us. like a thirty minute uh it's thirty minutes from Morgantown. So I mean it's you yeah, know Yeah, and Morgantown's about three hours from it's here. A good, so. It's a good drive. Um but yeah. A great week. Hopefully we can uh come back next week and have the same same message to you guys. Um yeah. but you know, also West Virginia State University Athletics named they're at their yellow jackets of the week, and I'll go first, and then you can bring follow up. Yeah. Um, the first player is um, from the football team, Tyrone Barber, the freshman from White Plains, New York, burst onto the scene last week, and finished his day uh, going 103 yards on 11 attempts and scoring three times as WVSU won on a route against Fairmont State, 59-34 in Week One. 
And then we have for the West Virginia State uh, volleyball team, we have Allison Tummy come on there. Uh, the sophomore from Prospect, Ohio, had 21 kills as the Yellow Jackets went 2-0 and on opening weekend. Kudos to the volleyball team. Yeah, they. Uh, it was an all-around great weekend for state athletics. Yeah. Definitely, if the rest of the season can can match that intensity and that the the results that these teams you know were able to achieve, it's going to be an exciting year. People are going to have to take notice of things that are going on here in the institute. Uh, and with that, we're going to get into the upcoming game schedules. The first one, we'll we'll start off with football and work our way down from there. Um, West Virginia State University football. They have a game on Saturday, the twelfth, two thousand fifteen, as the Yellow Jackets will face off against Urbana University in the home opener kickoff. Is scheduled for 1 p.m. Last year, WVSU defeated Urbana University on the road 18-13, where quarterback Matt Kinnick threw for two DDs, and the defensive unit held off a late rally by Urbana University to secure the second win of the season. Also, that was your first, um, that was first, that's your first game. Yeah, that was that's the first called. game I ever got the call, and it was just... I I still remember that game very very vividly in my in my mind because it was just it was awesome and also I I was very rough there at first just up 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 and I mean that's that's to be hard that's to be expected you were thrown into a situation where you were just put on the air um my, like I said like and if you talk to anybody our first game was extremely rough when I first started we had a, a thirty minute pregame show we were supposed to fill and. We thought we had enough. Well, we had 10 pages of information, and we just talked way too fast and blew through it in 10 minutes. And um, then we were like, oh, yeah, let's uh, take a break and try to find something to talk about. So, yeah. It, but 20 minutes later, it was kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> took a long break, a little bathroom break, too. Um, but also, something interesting about this this series between Urbana and West Virginia State, neither team has won, on, won at their home field yet in this series. You know, um, when Urbana beat us two years ago, it was here in Institute, and we beat them last year in their hometown, in their home uh, field. So it'll be interesting to see if Coach Anderson can get the team fired up to de- to defend the Hive and uh, go out there and get a win tomorrow. And then we got the WVSU volleyball team. Uh, they have three games starting, well, today on uh, September 11th to through to September 12th at the Virginia State University Volleyball Tournament in Petersburg, Virginia. Game one will be versus Virginia State. Uh, times will be to, to be announced. Game two will be against Winston-Salem State University at 11 a.m. And then game three will be against Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania at 1.30 p.m. Uh, the WVSU golf team was in action earlier in the week. They, played, they faced off against Glenville State College. The tee time was at 8 a.m., and they uh, they played at the Big Bend Golf Course in Tornado, West Virginia. Unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to find the stats for that to see you know how the team did. I'm sure they they did extremely well and represented the university um, as best they could. And I, you know, before we left for the game last week, I actually met the whole golf team when I was meeting with um, the sports information director Sean McAndrews. Met the whole golf team, and they they seemed uh, pretty good and pretty ready for the season to go. And, well, furthermore, we have the wins, uh, the men's tennis team will not be in action this weekend. And the women's tennis and women's cross-country teams, what, their season doesn't start until September 19th. So They get another week off, and they get to come and, you know, check out the uh, – and, I, again, I really hope a lot of our listeners and a lot of students come out to the, to the game on Saturday. It's, yeah. uh, I know it's supposed to be a little rainy, uh, but, you know, hopefully it doesn't deter the crowd, and hopefully they come out and get to cheer this team on to a home victory. And now my my favorite part because I'm I'm competitive and I don't know like I said I'm I'm 
kind of weird. And we're tied. And we're tied. Um, we're going to do pick'ems. Unfortunately, we're recording later than we did last week, so we didn't get to pick the Thursday night game. That's one thing we're going to have to work on um, with picking these games. Um, but I was going to pick Glenville in this game anyway over Wesleyan because Glenville is a juggernaut. Right and now. they got Ramon Lee and Tevin Drake, and they're both just chugging away. And Ramon Lee had a phenomenal night last night. He ended up um, on Scott Van Pelt's um, highlight show last night, and he rushed for – he broke like the uh, – I know he broke the school's record for most rushing yards in a game. He's number two in Division Two in a single game, and he also broke um, Mountain East Conference records last night as he rushed for something like four hundred and sixty plus yards. So he's he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he like can, the MEC version of uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, if he can continue to play at that level, I I would really be surprised if he's not a tra- in a training camp next year. Yeah, because I mean he's he's been consistent throughout. Um, but I will go for give you my picks first, and then El Jefe will give you his. Currently, we're tied at five and six. Only game we missed on last week was the um, Shepherd and Concord game, as we both picked Shepherd to beat Concord, and Concord that, said no. Yeah, or no, we both picked Concord to be to win, right? Because they were nationally ranked. I yeah, have, I have, I have yeah, we both picked Concord to win, and Shepherd Shepherd ended up getting the upset last week. But we're five and six. Um, hopefully we'll be able to, to continue our winning ways. Um, first game, we have what UVA was going up against Notre Dame College. Um, Notre Dame was in a shootout last Thursday night against UC. They've shown that they have the talent to, to get in a shootout and to play competitively. Um, was, you know, they, they, de- they, they lost last week, um, to Tusculum and, I'm just uh, I'm not too high on the team right now. I'm, I'm going to go with Notre Dame and thinking they're going to win. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, but I think Notre Dame will will pull out the win, and get their first win of the season. Uh, then we have Charleston at Shepherd. I'm I I can't pick UC even if I even if I wanted to even if I was a fan of theirs I couldn't pick them. Um, I'm going to pick Shepherd in this game. You know they they're I think they're the better team in this one, uh, and, and I don't think it'll be close. I think Shepherd won by two touchdowns. Then we have Fairmont at Concord. Again, not going to be a close game. I think Concord is going to be going to be a little bit sore from losing last week. I think they're going to be a little bit fired up. They're going to be at home um, and, and looking to rebound. So I'm, I'm looking for Concord. And again, I don't think this one's close. I think they win by at least two touchdowns as well. Then we have McKendry versus West Liberty University. Um, I'm going with West Liberty in this one. McKendry, a little side note. They played a team last week who, um, or McKendry that they're playing this week, beat a team last week that's not even like a real school. They beat the College of Faith, and they blew them out. Like, they're a real school, kind of. Um, it's kind of like a degree mill. It's real interesting. If you get a chance, look them up. There's a great article about it on Bleacher Report. It's it's great. It's basically these guys play to pay to play ball there. Um... And then, you know, finally, we have Urbana University coming in to play in West Virginia State. Uh, and, and I think West Virginia State's going to win this game. You know, Urbana has yet to score a touchdown this season. West Virginia State showed they can score with the best of them. And I think they're going to be fired up for being at home. I think they're going to, you know, come out and continue to uh, to play well. Hope And, um, you know, start out the season 2-0. Yeah, um... First off, I'm going to be the devil's advocate on the on the UVA-wise and Notre Dame game. 
simply because you UVA wise, last year they've showed that they could play, even when everybody said they couldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm calling for an upset up in Ohio for that one. When it comes to UC and Shepard, I would be an idiot to pick UC. I've thought about picking UC, but then you know, I mean they're I, a good it, team. It, it, they're a good team, but it's Shepard. It is Shepard. Okay, it's it, it, they just they have that name. Okay. And then you got Fairmont Concord. That's that's pretty much that's going to be an easy pick. Also, you got Concord, who is fired up. It it gets loud up there in Athens, West Virginia. You know, and and really, Fairmont. You know, I feel like they're going to be a little hungover from from this past week. And then McAndry and West Liberty, Mick, McIndry, I think that's how you pronounce it. I am not entirely for sure. Um, West Liberty is going to win that one, <clears throat> hands down. And then with Urbana and West Virginia State. That's pretty much going to be that. That's that's an easy pick. Also, um, I think Urbana is still trying to find their footing, especially with this new coach. And you know, if any any school understands that, it would be us. But Washington State right now, they're fired up, and I think and a lot of the students on campus are fired up. And it, I feel like it's going to be a good game, not just for the players, but but for the community in a whole. Yeah, you know, um, I know they they've sent out emails. They're going to do a bonfire. If you don't check your state email. Um, just a little you. PSA, definitely check your state email. But also, they're doing a bonfire after the game tomorrow night. Um, and, and that was something they started last year. And I, I don't live on campus, so I never went. Um, but And usually we, we were getting back with a football team, you know, yeah. and everything like that. But, you know, go out to that. Definitely go out to that. Get involved with your campus. That, that You know, if you find something that you can get involved with on campus, that makes your experience so much better in college. Yep. And uh, definitely – Come out to to the field tomorrow and hopefully cheer our guys on to victory. Uh, you know, Mama Howard's going to be there and, and the rest of the state faithful. And uh, coming up right now is a new segment to the show, the Weekly Rewind. And the first story, obviously, it's going to be football. You know, they came out and they dominated that game. They won 59-34, snapping the five-game losing streak, picking up Coach Anderson's first victory against Fairmont State, um, you know, and as it stands right now, they're sitting at the top of the league, you know, in points scored. Um, they're also sitting up there with, you know, rushing yards per game. A lot of categories, they're, you know, both the team is ranked high and the individual players are ranked high. So looking for them to continue to um, impress in that way. And then we got the men's tennis team open up the season at home where they defeated Marriott College. Five to four. This ended the team's drought in the win column as their last victory came on Thursday, April nineteenth, twenty twelve. So yeah, you know, not trying to, but three years, three years. Yeah. So you know, those guys were were fired up and, and ready to go. And actually, the last team they beat, I do believe, was Marietta College um, on April nineteenth, two thousand twelve. So um, you know, congratulations, Coach Sims and the and the rest of the tennis squad. As I know, you're you're working hard to put together a quality program there and uh just just continue to work hard you're definitely uh you know you gotta take it one game at a time and uh final story for the rewind segment uh volleyball coach shannon garrenser uh picked up her 200th win over the weekend as the lady yellow jackets picked up two wins in saint augustine's volleyball tournament in raleigh north carolina the team defeated elizabeth city state university 3-0 and saint augustine's university 3-0 um they were supposed to play in a third game um but the team it, the the game got canceled a couple hours before the game, so had a chance to go three and zero, but the first game was canceled. So two and zero is pretty well picked up your you know two hundredth career victory 
way to go. Congratulations. And uh, I, I think this volleyball team is, is going to be really good this year. I think yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to be really impressive to watch. Uh, in the final minutes of the show today, before we go, we're going to close it up with the MEC Minute. And the first story is the Mountain East Conference Commissioner, Reed Amos, announced the promotion of two members of his staff, Hannah Hinton and Adam Zundell. Uh, Hinton was promoted to Associate Commissioner for her role as Assistant Commissioner for Compliance and Senior Women Administrator roles, which she had held since November 2013. She currently serves as the Tournament Director for the League's Men's and Women's Tennis Championships and is a member of the NCAA Atlantic Region Advisory Committee for Women's Tennis. She is a member of both National Association of Collegiate Women Athletic Administrators and the National Association of Professional Women and represents the conference at numerous national conferences and meetings and seminars. Zendale has been promoted from the Associate Commissioner for Communications at uh, a post he had since he had held since joining the conference in August 2013. He has been sent. He has been promoted to senior associate commissioner and will continue to direct and oversee all communication efforts for the league's 17 sports and 16 championship events. He will also serve as chief of staff in addition to working in an advisory capacity, capacity to the commissioner. A Fairmont, West Virginia native, Zundell is a member of the D2SIDA board of directors and an NCAA Atlantic Region Advisory Committee for Women's Tennis and is the Atlantic Region Coordinator for Division II Collegiate Commissioners Association men's basketball team. And, you know, I don't have any um, personal, you know, contact with um, Hannah Hinton, but I have had the pleasure to meet um, Adam Zundell and... Great guy, you know, willing to do whatever needs to be done to help get the word out for the for this league and shows respect to each and every university and always seems to remember everyone's name and, and uh, greet you with a smile and a handshake like an old friend. And, uh, you know, just congratulations to both you guys. That's, that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Um, and then, you know, the MEC Player of the Week. Well, actually, before we go into that, let's talk about the upset last week as... Concord ended up losing 28-29 to West Liberty. Um, the game, I know I was on a bus going to WVU, so I was following it on my phone. And it was it seemed like a pretty wild game. I know there was a couple blocked kicks and stuff like that, but uh, definitely not what I expected with, with um, Concord losing that game. You know, they, they cut through the rest of the league last, last year like a hot knife does through butter. And, you know, I expected, to be honest, I expected the same thing this season. And that's not to say, you know, one little, one loss, you know, and their their season's over, but they, they can't afford to lose anything else. It's going to, they're going to have to win out and, and hopefully get a break when it comes to the playoffs, especially if we're going to get two teams in there. Yeah, and you know, like what they said up in, up in Bridgeport, this is a competitive conference. Mm-hmm. You can't, you, you can't just, just slack off every now and again. No, you got to be ready each and every week. I mean, there's, we've seen, yeah, West Liberty. You know, we've seen teams this past week that have just stepped up and just they they came to play football this year. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah it wasn't yeah they played West Liberty and and we said you know hey West Liberty you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna know, be a slobber knocker it's gonna be a slobber knocker we knocked it we we counted you out I I know we weren't alone in that but um you know the Hilltoppers coach George Wallai, congratulations you know um. Seems like a really cool guy. You know, he does. You, you got to meet him this year at Media Day, and he just just seems like this really laid back coach and uh, just a really great guy. And it, for the most part, actually, each coach that was at Media Day 
was seemed to be like a really uh, a really not only great football coach but a, a a great human being as well. Yeah. So um, you know, congratulations again to the Hilltoppers as they uh they got they had to be feeling pretty good on Saturday after that win. Um, men's soccer, the MEC has announced their players of the week, and we'll run through that right now. The offensive player of the week, UC's Augusto Messiel, the senior from Sao Paulo, Brazil, scored two goals in the opening games as he helped the Eagles defeat number nine Mercyhurst and Gannon from the PSAC. Uh, the defensive player of the week was UC's Bruno Oliveira, the junior from Brasilia, Brazil, helped the Eagles secure the shutout against two nationally ranked teams as UC won seven nothing. Again, you know they they defeated Mercyhurst and Gannon. So, c- kudos to you guys. Women's soccer, we got the Offensive Player of the Week, UC's Isabella Jaffin, the senior from Nescapec, uh, Pennsylvania. I know I butchered that. Helped UC to a 101 record to start the season. She scored a hat trick against Tiffin and was the only scorer in the tie against number 24, Cootstown. And then we have the Defensive Player of the Week, Western Wesleyan College's Hillary DeWitt, the senior from Morgantown, West Virginia, turned away a pair of shots to help the Bobcats to a 1-0 win in a double overtime against Cedarville. Volleyball Player of the Week, Willing Jesuits uh, Haley Kindle, the junior from Westerville, Ohio, tallied 43 kills and hit 264 to go with 13 blocks, 13 block assists and 5 digs. She had 11 kills against top-ranked Tampa and 13 against number 4, Minnesota Duluth. The Cardinals swept number 24 Western Washington and Wayne State, but ended up losing 3-1 to Duluth and 3-0 to Tampa, the defending national champions. And then we got football offensive player of the, of the week. We got UC's Joe, Joey Augustine, the junior wide receiver from Christianburg, Virginia, uh, set a new UC record and tied an MEC record with four touchdown receptions in a 56-44 win over Notre Dame College last Thursday. Augustine finished with five catches and a league-best 151 yards. Then we have the Defensive Player of the Week, West Liberty University's Garrick Volcano. That is an awesome name. <laughs> that really is. I don't know if it beats Tiger McKinsky, but Garrick Volcano, that's uh, yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. The junior linebacker from Houston, Pennsylvania, helped West Liberty University's defense in its 29-28 win over number 9 Concord. He finished with six tackles, including one for loss, and came up with a fumble recovery. He also recovered a blocked punt in the end zone for a touchdown that gave the Hilltoppers an early lead in the win over the Mountain Lions. Then we have the special teams player of the week. (laughs) West Liberty University's Christian Morris, the freshman from Orlando, Florida, nailed a pair of field goals to help lift West Liberty past Concord. He hit from 40 yards in the second quarter and then connected from 32 yards for the game winner with just 16 seconds left on the clock. He also punted five times for an average of 40.4 yards. And one thing that I want to point out is, you know, also in in the players of the week, you know, the the league sends out an email that says, you know, who else was up for consideration and who else turned in a good week. And each of those categories had players from West Virginia State University. So, you know, sooner rather than later, the league's going to take notice and we're going to get these. But all three of those young men had a, had a heck of a Saturday, and so they deserved it. Uh, men's cross country, UVA-wise, Shaquan Wilkins, the junior from Fredericksburg, Virginia, finished 22 of 64 runners in the 5,000-meter course at the Queen's Twilight in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a personal best time of 15 minutes and 54 seconds. In the women's cross country, uh, Concord University's Vivian Ruiz, um, the senior from Charlestown, West Virginia, finished the course at the Hokie Invitational on Friday as the top D- Division II runner, posting a time of 15 minutes and 31 seconds 
on the 4,000 meter course. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I would hate to see what my finishing time would be. I, mine, mine would be like two days, <laughs> four hours. Two days and counting. Yeah, <laughs> four hours, <laughs> 25 minutes, and like three seconds. That's, you know, that's one thing I wish I was, uh, I, I was a runner. I'm just, I've never been able to, to enjoy running. Exactly. No, I, <laughs> I can never do, I can never do my running because, you know, I, I'm a fat pudgy man. Husky. You're a husky <laughs> yeah, fellow. I, I, I am. I, I am. I'm not to the point to where pe- I get into the elevator and people walk out. I ain't got to that point yet. But I just got asked uh, downstairs if I wanted to do uh, the, this, this run thing. The and amazing I, race thing. Yeah, the amazing <laughs> race. And I looked there, I said, I don't run. <laughs> um, thank you for for the uh, invite, but I'm I can't do it. Not interested. I was like, nope, sorry, I can't run. I don't, I don't run. <laughs> and then we got men's golf. West Liberty University's Matt Eiston. That's another good name. That is. That's, that should be a kicker's name. Yes. It's got ice in the veins. Uh, the junior from Whitby, Ohio, took third place in the Wheeling Jesuit Invitational at Moundsville Country Club. Finished today plus six after rounds of 74 and 72 on the par 70 course and was the top finisher from the MEC and led the Hilltoppers to the team championship. Then we have women's golf. Wheeling Jesuit University's Casey Frazier, the senior from Galloway, New Jersey, as medalist and led the Cardinals to the MEC Northern Invitational Championship at Moundsville Country Club, Frazier shot rounds of 77 and 73 for a to- for a 150 total, edging Notre Dame's Michiko Smith 153 for the victory. So, you know, and that's another thing. I've always been, like, kind of envious. I've never been able to watch golf, but I've always wanted to kind of play it. I've never I've never tried. I've played putt-putt, and I'm, I'm decent at putt-putt. Don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty decent at putt-putt, but... Golf, I don't know how it'd be on the long Don't ever take me to a country club. No, just don't. No. <laughs> Have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it. I'd be like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I was just saying, you'd be like Happy Gilmore just out there. <laughs> just out there. Just tapping it. Just tap, tap, tap. Go tapping. to your home. <laughs> Go to your home. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to us. You can find us on Twitter at Triple Name Sports Show. You can follow myself on Twitter at PageantDad88. How can the folks follow you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at ElHefeLoco95. Uh, we're also on the Mopcast Network. Just check out the Mopcast Network. Um, it's a it's a great network. There's there's something for everything for everybody. It's it's we celebrate fandom on the network, whether that be sports, movies, video games, comics, Star Wars, um, weird food, whatever you're into. There's something there for you. So definitely check it out. And uh, just professional sure, wrestling, yeah, professional wrestling, NASCAR. Uh, there's a little bit of fine dining and drink recipes. So whatever, again, whatever you're into, there's something there for you. Uh, definitely go out this weekend and support your West Virginia State University Yellow Jackets. And uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the Triple Name Sports Show. And thank you for listening. Mobcast Network.